0: All right, welcome back to another edition of Slaying the Sail. Um, I almost said welcome back to the continuation of the series. Uh, and that's what I should say. Um, so if you guys listen to part one of Jose's story, obviously you know that this is a subject that we could go on for hours about. Uh, and that's why we decided to make this a multi-part story or series. Um, so Jose, if you want to give an introduction uh, please feel free to. If not, you can kick it over to me and I'll do it. But go ahead, brother. Who are you? Uh, hi again.
1: My name is Jose Garcia. Uh, the, the story that we've been talking about has been uh, about an incident that happened to me about 15 years ago, uh, soon after I joined the Navy, and uh, Kyle and I were on the same ship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's sugarcoating it. Right. Um, but if you're listening to episode two, I'm assuming, ex- exactly. I'm assuming you listened to episode one. Um, God, it's, it's still so hard to put into words. Um, Jose's Jose was on the ship. Like he said, maybe well, what was it, like two hours, three hours. Um, <laughs> and he, yeah, he, He walked onto the mess decks and uh, a fellow sailor, if if we can, you know, bestow that title upon him, um, had a a breakdown and attacked him. Um, It it changed Jose's life forever. I mean, it literally changed his life. Mm -hmm. So he spent some time in the hospital. That person spent some time in Leavenworth. Uh, But luckily enough, fortunately enough, Jose is here to tell the rest of the story. Uh, post-divorce or gotta say it colonoscopy since that was the joke before we started recording um, <laughs> and to you know hopefully bring awareness to and inspire people I mean that's that's what the, the whole mission is right right
1: all right well <clears throat> I think the last part we left off at was uh I was going through a divorce during the divorce I decided to uh work on myself a little bit. So I started working out as much as I could, uh, found out that the best, uh, I guess you could say drug for uh, the pain that I was constantly in, because I live with chronic pain, uh, was uh, adrenaline. (laughs) Because I was there at the gym working out uh, anywhere between six to eight hours a day. And this was every single day and I, I meal prepped, I, I worked out. Doesn't mean I wasn't in pain afterwards or anything like that, but I did my best to uh, to not go into uh, uh, seizures and stuff like that, which I knew were going to happen, especially more often since I was working the the muscles more. So I did that, lost about 50 pounds in a month month and a half um,
0: that's some serious progress
1: yeah i mean hell, when you work out and you eat right for a month and i mean the entire month not just a couple hours here and a couple hours there that's why I, that's why i make make it a point to say that i worked out for six to eight hours a day i did uh, a majority of it obviously was cardio uh stretching, uh, weight, some weight lifting here and there. Like uh, I did maybe Mondays was a strength training and uh, Wednesdays was uh, uh, more of a stamina training. So did that for, for like a good amount of time. Went from about two, 30 230 pounds to to uh 180 in in a month and a half and yeah um decided that I needed to get out of the house that I was renting because I was uh it was the place that me and my now ex-wife uh was staying at and uh I couldn't afford being there, not by myself anymore. So decided to move to move out, but obviously I needed to find a way to to move forward with my life. So I was trying to look into a career that I uh, wanted to get into, which was forensic psychology. And the only places at that time, the only like colleges at that time that I could find that had forensic psychology were one of three places. It was, uh, one was in uh, Chicago. The other one was in San Diego, which I would have been near the ship. And the last one was in Oklahoma City. Um, The one in Oklahoma City was the one I went with mainly because it was closer to home. And the second reason was because the cost of living is a hell of a lot cheaper in Oklahoma City than it is in either Chicago or San Diego.
0: So, I mean, um, let's listen. Let's <laughs> let's be fair. San Diego is only uh, expensive if you make under two million dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm totally with you, right? Like, if, if that was the motivator, God, I, I'd live in Trenton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We, I'll never forget. Um, when I lived in San Diego, I, I was with, her, I was dating a girl at the time. I was living with her. She's awesome. She's still a very good friend of mine. Um, and <laughs> for, for, like, <laughs> for for like for a one bedroom apartment, literally a one bedroom apartment, we were. I, mean, we, I, I think it was close to like two thousand a month. Like it was crazy. So I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you, brother. Mhm, mm-hmm. yeah, um,
1: the place that I, I had found out there in Oklahoma City, uh, I found it at it was like a two-bedroom house at uh,
0: I think it was eight fifty a month. Yeah, definitely not San Diego pricing.
1: Yeah, definitely not San Diego.
0: It was a house,
1: not 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 a not an apartment. I actually had a driveway and everything.
0: In Let me tell you what you you needed a win.
1: Uh, well, unfortunately, it didn't last long. Oh,
0: I tried.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, and uh, so uh, I I asked for like these third party. Uh, Veteran assistance places because I didn't have any money to get out of the place. I was just barely making enough money to uh, live at the 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 place I was at at that moment. Um, but uh, I asked for a little bit of assistance from these third party uh, veteran assistance programs like Wonder Warrior Project. They they they're more like a liaison, I guess you could say, where you go to them if you need anything, and they have other resources that you can go to. So I used one of their resources. They said those those people said that they would help me. I gave them the entire layout that I was planning on going out there to go to school, this and that. Um, But the moment I I was finally starting to get out there, they asked me, do I have a job out there? I said, I have a job now that I'm going to be taking out there because i'm I work from home because at that time, I was working uh, for U-Haul as a uh, over the phone sales rep.
0: And uh, I, mean, I may know a thing or two about sales, so we might we might have that bond even deeper than we thought, brother. <laughs> it's It's a customer service
1: industry, you know it's 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 all it's all the same. And so um. Yeah, so I went out there, uh, kept talking, like talking to people that I was trying to get the house from, talking to the third party. And like three days before, three days before uh, I was supposed to move into this new place, this third party uh, assistance program backed out because I didn't have the job ready right when I moved in. And I'm like, I, I do have it ready right when I move in. I just need to get there you know but some somehow some way they they found a loophole didn't help me and uh I, I I didn't lose the place uh but I couldn't get in right away I moved in with my parents back in my hometown uh worked for a while worked at the old job that I was working at when I was in high school uh, My my. Um, my manager at that, back in high school, she hired me practically on the spot. Um, cause she knows how hard a worker I am. And even, even though I definitely was in different shape, uh, at that time than I was, uh, back in high school, um, I did work as hard as I could without, you know, uh, Going into my seizures or my flashbacks or anything like that. Um, the next, uh, the next thing I did was, uh, so I, I worked there for a couple weeks. I sold my, I was sad about this. I sold both my my uh, my nine millimeter Beretta and a uh, long arm uh, rifle that I bought. I had to sell those for the money, which I still didn't get. A whole lot for them from them. And then I also, uh, as a part-time thing, just uh, went around to the local bars, uh, talking to the the barkeepers and everything, telling them, Hey, if there's anyone that that needs a ride that you feel like shouldn't be driving that night, give me a call. We'll, we'll, let's work something out. So I was practically uh, being an Uber driver without even knowing what Uber was at the time. Um, so I did that practically at night after work. Um, unfortunately, my my mom's husband didn't uh, didn't think I was doing anything like that. He, he he always thought I was up to no good just because I asked them to watch my dog and I was out more than I was in.
0: Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. You son of a bitch. What kind of dog uh, was it?
1: It was a Victorian bulldog. It was a American Ooh, old English Victorian. Bulldog. No, not new, uh, new Victorian? Victorian, new Victorian.
0: Oh man. Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. So we we I, I got like a million different tangents I want to go off on, but content. No, no, no. You're fine. I love that dog. That dog was uh,
1: my my best friend. Really, he, he was uh, the one that was helping me keep it together for sure. Um. So. One of the things that I, I did was—I uh, think I remember talking about this last time. I, I uh, made a video for the 22 push-up challenge, and in the video, I thanked the the people that were actually there for me, emotionally supporting me throughout the that entire incident and all my recovery, especially at that time. So, I one particular person, the one person that actually saved my life but didn't know it, I sent her a message. She actually lived out in Oklahoma City, the place where I was going to go to school at, which, because I said it in the video, and I talked to her in person, my mom's husband got it in his head that she's the only reason I'm moving out there. Which uh, I tried explaining the reason I'm I'm moving out there, but he's one stubborn guy, if you can call him that. Um. But I, I kept doing what I needed to do to get the money so I can move out there. Um obviously you have to spend money to make money. So I had to spend money on gas and everything to make the money to to get out there. I finally was able to get out there, got into the house. uh, But the only thing I wasn't able to do was uh, I didn't have the money for the pet deposit. So I had to pay first month's rent, security deposit. I also had to pay a late- fee because i I wasn't in the place at the time that i was uh i said i was going to be in because i asked them to hold on to the place i'll get the money so i had to pay about three times the amount uh for for rent and everything so the security deposit was just as much as the first month's rent and i also had to pay last month's rent and then the the late fee whatever and then what
0: Man, you good? I, that, that's, jeez.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said
0: it last episode. If it were, if it weren't for bad luck, you'd have none at all. Good God. Uh, I'd rather have no luck, you know. <laughs> all that. I got it. Just, you, at this point, I think Jose, you you just want to exist, right? You, no. you just want to be like, <laughs> yes. leave me the fuck alone. Just mm-hmm. let me live. Leave me alone. But man, you're
1: mm-hmm. just, put put me on an
0: island there and let me take care of myself, kind of thing. <laughs>
1: um but uh yeah um so I asked them if they could watch my dog a little longer while I go because I had another job lined up as soon as I finally moved in uh so I asked them if they could watch my dog a little longer because I don't want to take my dog out there without having paid the pet deposit because I don't want to lose the place I don't want to take that chance um so they said yes. I moved out there, got everything ready, uh, got the house settled. Uh, was working at a different location from the 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 restaurant because I was working at a at a fast food place called Brahms in Emporia, Kansas, and there was another one out there where I was uh, uh, moved to in Oklahoma. So I started working there. And I tried to to work as much as I possibly could, took as many shifts as I could, uh, while at the same time trying to uh, talk to the VA, taking care of all of that stuff. But in the midst of all this, my mom's husband would send me pictures of my dog looking out the front door window, the front door, uh, the outside door you know, the, not the screen door, but the
0: glass door or whatever, you know, I, I won't about. lie to you like, like not to, I actually, I, I completely mean to interrupt on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a, from a human aspect, what you went through was horrible, but if, mm-hmm. if you're about to tell me where I think you're going with this, uh, I I will tell you that I like dogs so much more than I like most people. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God. I I I, I'm going to, I'm going to find your, your, uh, your mom's, whatever you want to call it, I'm, I'm probably if I if I think this is going to end how I I think it is, I'm gonna uh, I'll I'll get your back, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> so he
1: he was sending me. Uh, I don't even know if my mom knew that he was doing this. All all I know is he was sending me pictures of my dog looking out the the uh, front door window, uh, telling me look what you're doing to him. You abandon him. You know what? I fucking knew it. Mm-hmm. And in 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 my mind, I can the only thing that that I could think of is, why would you agree to watch my dog if it's, you're going to make a big issue about it? You're going to make a big fuss about it. Um. So he he practically guilt-tripped me, and, and because I left him there. Um. So I felt in inclined. That I had to go up there and visit at least once a week. But I was trying to save money so I could have my dog out there. But I had to spend money on gas to travel four hours, like three or four hours. I think it's about four hours from where I was at to where they're at, and then back. That's about what thirty dollars in gas, thirty, forty dollars in gas.
0: Uh, either way, is, is this like a, a year ago gas prices or 10 years ago gas prices, or is this today's gas prices? Because no, no, they, they were about, they were about uh, like 2 two fifty at that time. <laughs> so, definitely not current gas prices. You yeah, you make uh, it like a mile the,
1: and a half, definitely not current gas prices. <laughs> but it was also uh, uh, the vehicle that I got wasn't the best on gas,
0: yeah. No, i've i've been there i
1: I've, I've done that mm-hmm. before
0: mhm so i spent
1: in and, and i'm i'm one of those that i've i've been stuck on the on the highway without gas at at times so if i see the the needle anywhere near the, the the freaking quarter marker i always make sure to to get gas way before then now um because i've i've been i've been on one of those highways where oh the next stop or for gas isn't for like an hour, hour and a half down the road. I'm like, mm, mm, I'm, I am I'm, might as well turn back around and go, go to the city I saw that there was a gas station real quick. Uh, so I would always make sure I had gas. Um, I was spending the, the money at least once a week going back and forth between Oklahoma City to, to Emporia. And... that that money that I was spending on that was could have been used to set money aside to get my dog out there and he would send me pictures like that almost every single day and then uh at one point while I was going back and forth I noticed like I could feel that there was some some definitely some things going on and that I I needed to fix things with my family I felt like I needed to fix things with them before I continue on with my, my journey with what I'm trying to do. So, uh, there was this, this friend that I met through another friend that lives there. She needed help with her kids. She was going through a divorce or a separation. So, um, I, I volunteered basically to stay at at her place because I I wasn't going to stay at, stay with him. I don't want to stay anywhere near him. So I volunteered to stay there and help her with her kids and also help her with uh, like, uh, getting assistance, finding a job, all this stuff, while still taking care of my own stuff back in Oklahoma City. And uh, yeah, it, it got to a point to where uh, I guess I was pushing myself too hard. Um, I found another job in Emporia. I did temp work while I was there, and uh, while I was doing all that, my mom approaches me and asks me um, if she tells me that her husband, Sean is his name, that he was wondering if there was any way I could get if, instead of paying him the money that he loaned me for my move, if he could have my dog in, in exchange for the
0: money. You, you can't make this shit up. Like you, you couldn't pay the world's best fiction writer to... I, oh my god. That's actually why it was kind of tough Getting that one out. It's
1: just it hurts. It hurts because it's my mom approaching me. It's someone that he knew he knew I can't say no to because of all the, the,
0: the guilt tripping that he's done. Listen, let's let let's also you know let's let's be kind to yourself. Okay. Let us let's, let's kind of think of why the, the other reason he did that. You know, he knew you couldn't say no to your mom. Mm-hmm but he also knew that you could say no to him and that leads me to believe that he he knew he wasn't strong enough to stand up to you
1: Mm.
0: so something about you intimidated him because let's be serious it's no i I guarantee you that's it it could have been everything you went through i mean it, it should have been everything you went through you made it through a shitload you were strong enough to still get to the point that you were at where you were making a name for yourself. You were making the life that you wanted to live. You let them. And and I say, let them, because I think that's the kindest way to put it. You let them watch your dog. And he was like, it's weird as shit. It's almost like he was using your dog to gaslight you. He realized that you couldn't do it. And then he had to pull your mom into it. Well, it's, it's not just that.
1: Um, he had a, a a bulldog once before. He loves bulldogs. Uh, in fact, he had one whenever I was uh, joining the military. Um, which is what leads me to believe that when I asked him if they could watch it, my my dog, um, he got too attached, and so he started coming up with a plan to try to get my dog, you know, cause hell, he uh, got my mom already on his side. So what else can he take from me, you know? Cause uh, growing up, he'd always tell my mom, um, uh, he, uh, mother and son shouldn't act like that. That's not how a, a relationship between the mother and son should be. And you need to pull that uh, that uh, umbilical cord. You need to stop babying him, stuff like that. Like Imagine
0: yeah there there's a few things I can say, right? so the the most humanistic thing I can say is, imagine being so insecure in your relationship and yourself that you see a mother and son being very close and you feel the need to separate and interject.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but but from a just realistic standpoint, and I, I'm going to I'm going to really hope, Jose, that like at the end of this, you're not like and then we fix our relationship and things are great because uh, I'm going to look like a total asshole. Uh, but <laughs> I, mean, what just is sh- I mean, it's, it's honestly, dude, it's, it's killing me to not bring in my own personal stories of, of you know, my stepfather, um, which I mean, nothing to that aspect or, or to that level. Um, but I mean, it, we've always been strained. But I just, I mean, God, man, I I feel like, you know, you didn't get the bus driven over you. I feel like you got the entire convoy driven over you, the the entire fleet. I I mean, at this point, I mean, if I feel like I stuck my toe.
1: I'd be like, it, and it wasn't one no of those like,
0: double tap situations. It just kept going back and forth. <laughs> it, 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 it got stuck in forward and reverse. It was like, ah, he's probably not finished off. Let's make, <laughs> let's, let's make sure like like this guy can't possibly take any more. So let's give him some more, but you just come back fighting. You do um, even, even now look at this. Like you are on my podcast. You have told your story before you're telling it now. I, I mean that, that strength is for lack of a better term fucking astounding it's astounding
1: thanks that that means a lot um oh, all right let me get out of
0: this emotional state oh no go ahead dude there's been crying on this podcast before fucking ball your eyes out if you need to um uh
1: It, it It got to a point to where when when I heard her say that, I knew he won. I knew he not only did he uh, really have have uh, a hold of my mom, but he he wanted everything from me. And he convinced my mom to take the last bit of what was keeping me together, you know. And. I agreed because like I said I I can't say no to my mom. Um so the the next thing that happened was uh, the person that I was staying with apparently there was some other issues with uh her her kids and basically her her entire family. And because I was around her kids I was the one being put to blame on this stuff, which recently, or a couple years ago, found out that it was uh, the uh, their father, basically, was the one abusing them, or at least that's what I was told, um, but I was the one being put to blame, just because I was babysitting, and I was the new guy. Um, and a, a part of me believes that uh, her mom, the 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 lady that I was helping out, her mom was uh, saw me as a paycheck. You know, uh, let's get him in trouble, let's get some money from him, kind of thing. You know, um, still convinced of that to this day because of the stories that I've heard about her and when I told my parents what was going on uh there wasn't like a whole lot that they they responded with but apparently they misinterpreted what I told them uh but when all this stuff was going on I had a uh, I had been driving by this this old catholic church and Almost every single time I drive by it, I always had a uh, knot in my stomach every time I, I saw it. And then I realized uh, after I heard what was going on with that family, I had a uh, a flashback. Uh, apparently something that... Uh, Love of God. Yeah, basically. I mean, good
0: God.
1: <laughs> From when I was five years old, dude. When I was five years old, um, I, I was molested at that church while I was going to the bathroom
0: of all places. And uh, I, I, I'm sorry, this is going to make me sound so fucking insensitive, but what the fuck? I mean. I mean, at this point, like... oh my
1: God, dude. Oh, oh, quick joke on this one. Um, oh, the, yes,
0: this is the perfect timing for a joke after the, the yes, Catholic molestation. Yes, Please, yes, joke yes. away. Joke away. Course, get get me course. flagged for all sorts of cancel culture. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, the joke
1: is, you, you know, they say that you're supposed to wash all your fruit, all your food and everything before you eat it, right?
0: Oh, oh God, I can't. I can't. <laughs>
1: That's why priests inventing baptisms.
0: Oh my god! I'm gonna—I don't know if I should edit that out or just like leave (laughs) it so people can be like, "Look at this guy, still able to find humor." Oh, (laughs) even if it's dark humor. (laughs) I mean, after all, I mean, I'm sure you still have horrific shit to tell me, but but at the end of this episode, I'm gonna be like, and then to follow up about Jose, I also sued him for wrecking my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, oh my under. god dude i mean holy shit like this yeah yeah so for for hold on for everybody for everybody out there listening um you know we we joke because jose and i were you know even for the short time he was in we're both navy guys we both have that that sick sense of humor and i think with jose it's it's warranted right i mean like like how else do you deal with i mean even like A quarter of the shit that you've been through without having a rock solid unoffendable sense of humor i mean you deserve it if there's anybody out there that deserves to be able to make jokes about what's happened to them it's you Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely you i mean i'm sitting here like to myself i'm going oh my god after everything that son of a bitch is his dog was being used to gaslight him like this can't get any worse then you're like oh by the way I walked past the Catholic church and I was like, Oh shit, here, here we go. Um, like, you know, seriously for, for the audience, I mean, you you can't see him on screen, but you can hear him. He's smiling through all of this. Like like Jose is legitimately smiling through it. He got a little teary eyed during a few of these things. Um, but. He's smiling. And I, I think that is a true Testament to his resolve his strength, his willpower, um, and I think it should serve as an inspiration. You know that, and, and I'm before you even finish. I, I'm, I'm sure at this point you still have like eight years to go, um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm fucking terrified at this point. <laughs> um, but he he understands from what I can see that like that, that destiny hasn't really completely defined him. It's molded him, but it hasn't defined him. Um, and, and take that away from this. So, all right, please. At at this point, I mean, I, I literally, I don't even want to say it. I have no clue how it's going to get worse, but I'm sure by the, the, within the next 30 minutes, I'm going to be like, that's it. This is this, this poor fucking guy. Not that I'm not like that already.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, it, it, it totally, totally gets worse. Um, so the, I don't, I don't remember if I, if I told you all the things that, uh, Oh God. That my, my stepfather did to, uh, or he said to me. I was going to say, if you bring the dog back into it. Oh, no, no, that that comes up, that'll come up later. Believe me, I have something on that one oh uh, that really, really fucking me I, off. I told you
0: guys this is going to be like a multi at least like oh. a five-part episode <laughs> so uh i can't remember if i
1: said uh but i'll go ahead and repeat it but um the uh, every single time i tried to talk about my incident with my family even even after my divorce and everything um he would tell me like i tried to talk to my mom because obviously i i don't trust the guy so the only person I trusted to talk to was my mom so I tried to talk to her about everything especially this stuff but every time I tried to approach her and I started talking about it she would stop me immediately uh say I don't want to talk about it and walk out of the room which I understood because uh it was uh, her I get it she almost lost her son but at the same time I'm still here, and I need you, you know, um, so I, I, because I understood, I let her walk away, and I'll try again later, he would see her walk out of the room upset, walk into the room, ask me what I did to upset my mother this time, and I'd tell him, and it'd get to the point to where he got, he called me a, uh, a piece of shit son for bringing it back up and upsetting my mom with it. Um, he'd also remind me of all the things that my mom went through when it happened to me. He would uh, then say, like, this I'm just like summing all the stuff that he'd say. Uh, he'd say, uh, he'd list all those things that my mom went through. He'd say, If you want to talk about it, go talk to a professional or someone. Don't bring that shit around here. Um, That happened to you years ago. Get over it. Uh, We didn't raise you to be so weak. Um, Then, and this one, this one's really going to piss you off. Uh, He tells me, I see all these veterans out here most of them actually went overseas and seen actual combat some missing limbs and whatnot and they're just fine what's your problem
0: say maybe i got stabbed in the fucking head mm-hmm. like like that's uh, oh so yeah you're, you're right that, that does that does really piss me off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. listen and, and i'll that's... say it if, if if he listens to this episode i'm, I'm going to address him right now ready Okay. fuck you dude you're an asshole so mm-hmm. know that if you're listening to this episode fuck you you're a piece of shit yeah and and that's the kind of stuff that that i was talking about
1: that he'd uh guilt trip me about my mom which is one of the re- reasons one of the biggest reasons why he knows i can't say no to her
0: did, did he serve
1: no but oh. he don't he always he always claimed that he wanted to but he he got sent to prison before he could
0: No, yeah that's that's just as good as i would have served but i would have i would have hit a drill instructor so i didn't go like shut up Mm -hmm. keep your thoughts to yourself right um so after
1: i had my flashback and everything from the from the incident from five from when i was five years old from when i was five years old um a repressed memory is what they called it um i I was over at my mom's place. I had that on my, on my mind for for the practically the whole evening. And my mom knew, like saw that something was bothering me. So she asked me what it was. So I, I, I didn't want to tell her because oh, she couldn't handle what happened to me in the military very well. She couldn't handle my uh, coming out with the attempted suicide very well. So how is she going to handle me saying this to her? And I said, I, I told her I, I don't want to talk about it. I, uh, oh, I just don't want to talk about it. Then she says, "You want me to go get him to come get, uh, come in here and make you talk about it?" I'm like, "Really?" My, I, I told her, no, no, I don't, I don't want you to go get him. But if you want to hear it, that's that's not on me. So uh, I told her, and she. Attacks me. She she comes at me, fists grabbing things, because apparently she she thought again I was calling her a bad mother for not protecting me, at which once again turning something that happened to me, and victimizing herself in it. Oh hmm And then he sees what's going on through the the kitchen window comes inside, asks me, asks us, what's going on. She, uh, I, she tell him, and he looks at me and says, "I don't believe you. I think you're just doing this to get more attention." Yeah,
0: man, you're you're a bigger man than I am. You are. I mean, I would. You ask anybody that knows me, like I, I've, I've been through some shit with my. I mean, all of my family, um, but you know, my stepfather, uh, I mean, it's nowhere near to that level and it, it's almost came to blows before that, but oh, dude, God, you need a win. You need a win. <laughs> Good luck with that one. <laughs> um,
1: so after that, I, I stayed away. Um, I stayed and lived in my car for a while. Um, and then I, I had a friend who was also in the Navy call me up. Uh, me and him were in touch for a while um, throughout this entire thing. And he he invited me up to Wyoming. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, dude, um, I'm fine. Uh, I'm just going to stay here for a while, uh, make a living, and get back on my feet. Uh, he told me that he was staying with his brother, but his brother was in uh, was in California somewhere. I think he said San Diego uh, for underwater uh, welding school, um, which, in fact, was the same school that he went to, and I kind of helped him get into it. But that's beside the point. Um, I, it's not that I helped him get into that. I, I just helped him get his foot in the right direction because he was stuck somewhere. I got him in contact with with uh, the Wind Warrior project and the VA and they helped him go into the uh, into the right direction. so there's that. Uh, so he asked me if I can if I'd be willing to move up there and help him with the the bills and whatever while his brother was away, so I agreed. I moved up there, uh, worked for a while, worked out for a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, one day uh, he wanted to go to one of his uh, family's uh, land out in I think it was in a mountain somewhere. And he wanted to go uh, gold finding. He he was a uh, I, I can't remember what they're called, but uh,
0: you sift Liner? through.
1: No, no, you sift through uh, gold
0: digger. Gold digger. That's probably what you're. Th- <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you, you you sift through water and and mud and everything to. Uh, I just forgot.
0: It's called it's called panning.
1: That's what it yep. is. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he went out there to go panning and uh, obviously to camp out for a few days. He was wanting to take a uh, this lady friend out there, but uh, she couldn't go when he was already set to go out there. So he asked me to uh, to go out there as well, but bring her with me. And I told him, okay, but my car's not that great. He told me, okay, oh, well, go ahead and take my vehicle. So, and I'm like, are you sure? It, I, I'm not insured on it. There's, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, at least it'd be a better way to get her up there. I'm like, okay. So I, I drive to go pick her up. She tells me she can't go. I call him, tell him that she can't go. Um, he tells me, okay. I said, I'm going to go back and get my car and I'll, and I'll meet you out there. He said, no, nah, don't worry about it. Just make your way up here. I'm like, are you sure? He said, yes. So the last day that we were out there, we were driving back. It was a windy road. There were just like, you know, whenever you're re-graveling uh, a gravel road, you have the the piles of rocks all along the side of the road so you can uh, sweep them in. Um, they had those up. So I knew that they were re-graveling. On the last day that we were out there, I was driving down these these windy roads, and this truck just blasts past me around a corner, around one of those really sharp corners. And uh, all I see is dust in front of me. And I'm driving, and I see the corner coming up. So I start turning to, to, like, it was a quick turn because I had to do a quick one. So I start turning. I thought I had it, but then the back tires, because this was a rear-wheel drive vehicle, the back tire hits the the gravel pileup, and I spin out. And I'm spinning down this this uh, this uh, short, I think, 600 foot maybe um, uh, gravel road. And I fly off backwards into in, onto land, into a tree. Thankfully, it went backwards, not forwards. Um, even though I told them what happened, they held me responsible for the vehicle, and there's been there were, had been bad blood ever since. Um, so I had to get away from. That.
0: I just I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around yeah yeah it it really is i mean i've like i said i know some people with some shit luck buddy but yeah my god like god yeah
1: like what the hell did i do in my past life i had to have done something
0: right Uh, maybe you were a part of the third reich or something jesus fuck (laughs) so you're not the only one that can do offensive things Oh, dude. Uh, well, something that I found out was... Uh, oh, God. Were you?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> something I found out was, uh, I can't remember if it was my mom's dad or his dad, or m- my mom's dad's dad, um, but one of them was in the, the. Oh, it, it was in Texas. They had the, the bus of uh, African Americans that and the people were just lying like trying to block it in. I can't remember what that was called, but he, apparently he was one of the guys that was laying down on the road in front of the buses to stop them.
0: I mean of course of course you fucking experience this. Oh my God. Right? I'm 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 being I'm <laughs> being put protest. Because of my oh my God. This is nuts right <sighs> oh man well i'll I'll tell you what go, go ahead and finish the story and then i think we're gonna have to do the rest for part three because <laughs> i feel yeah. like anybody that's listened to the first episode and this episode at this point is probably like on the ground like oh my god oh my god this is crazy so <laughs> but, go ahead how much it it. We, gotta, we, we gotta figure it. out how to end it on a high note at least this episode oh
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i'm, I'm kind of getting there kind of get there so um I was basically stuck with them because I had, I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to go. Um, but thankfully this, uh, this couple. Uh, that we were going that I was in a bowling league while I was there. And uh, we met this couple and their kids apparently had some shit going, going on with them that from previous. And. Uh, I didn't know about it. and I, I love kids. absolutely. I, I'm the oldest of all my my cousins and 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 i I helped, I guess you can say, i I was always trying to be there for them as much as I could. Um, so I absolutely love kids. And there's these these cute little girls and and they they were being playful. And I was just, Actually, they weren't being playful. That was the problem. They weren't smiling. They weren't being playful. So, I, I felt it in me that I had to do something to make them smile. You know, and get, nothing. Nothing is better than than a kid's laugh. You know, and that's that's what I always thought. So I did what I could to make them laugh, to make them smile. And their parents apparently were really shocked that they that they weren't warmed up to me so well. So uh, at one point, they pulled me aside and said, hey, if you need to get out of your situation, because we heard what was going on, and uh, we don't believe what that guy is saying, um, we will be willing to to hold hold you where, where we live for a while until you can get back on your feet. And I stayed with them. I, I don't remember for how long. But their, their kids were amazing. Um, I didn't stay very long. Uh, I, I got a hold of the Wounded Warrior Project one more time. They hooked me up with uh, uh, this program called Warrior's Ascent. And I flew, I actually got a private, private flight on a private plane for free. <laughs> it was my first time being on a private plane. And I think it kind of spoiled me. Um,
0: so I flew from out there. It's impossible to go. not get spoiled on your first private flight. It's impossible. Oh, you could walk on in like tattered clothes and you'd walk off like Ric Flair, like, woo, this is what I deserve every time I fly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, it was a volunteer veteran that was doing this. It was a, a veteran and his wife and he was a ex-pilot and he flew his, pri- his personal plane to pick me up and bring me to Kansas City for for this uh, program, and then flew me back after the the week. And uh, I was very grateful. And it it, it was a, a like a spiritual retreat kind of thing. And I remembered that there was a uh, a culinary school that was planning on that I was wanting to go to in Kansas City. So I I did what I could to make sure I get into all that, get back to Kansas and work and all this stuff. So uh, I did that and I tried to, you know, once again, fix my life, which started working there for a while. And I guess this is probably where we should end.
0: I think, I think, yeah, for the the second episode, it is probably um, where we should. End. and I really want to touch on what what Jose is saying. Um, and, and say this to you, too, brother. Um, you know as a viewer, as a listener, a follower, whatever you want to call yourselves, whoever's out there listening. Um, it's it's easy to hear everything that Jose went through and think holy shit this guy had the hardest life that i've ever heard like literally he got shit on almost daily he got dealt he got dealt more than a bad hand he he got dealt an entire shitty season of world series of poker um but again like i touched on earlier jose sitting in front of me smiling he's got a great sense of humor he's able to look at everything and fight past the tears that we saw a few times today he's able to understand that there are awesome people still in this world and and that's the cool part about this it really is to me that you know and I've got my own stories nothing nothing that can compare to Jose's Uh, but you could hear it in his voice how grateful he was for that family that said you know let's help get you out of that situation stay with us we're going to help you the pilot that, that let him fly private and turned him into Ric Flair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's the the most important lesson I want everybody to glean from this this entire series, no matter how many more episodes it goes for. And honestly, if it goes for six more months, Jose, then it goes for six more months. I'm happy to have you. Um, happy to be here. No matter how dark things get, there's always people that will help. Mm-hmm. And there are always people that will genuinely help. There are people that want to see you succeed. There's people that want to see you win. And that's for Jose. That's for everybody else out there. Um, so, you know, don't give up as, as somebody who has come very close to giving up a few times. Um, and I mean, very, very, very close, like just a finger pull away from it being done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, There's, there's a lot to live for out there. There's a lot. And if somebody like Jose can sit in front of me on a podcast that is going to be listened to all around the world by God knows how many people and tell his story and still sit here and smile and laugh, then you can too. And you don't even have to tell your story, but you can still wake up and you can look in the mirror and go, you know what? This is who the fuck I am. Mm-hmm. I own this shit yeah I went through some shit, but that's not my that's not my story. that's not who i'm going to be i'm going to go live my life how I want to so jose, thank well, you hold on hold on well it is
1: your story, but it's not the end of your story all right, fuck you. you corrected me
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you're you're I, I i think you're right that's a really cool way to put it 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 is your story, but it's not the end of your story um I, I might have to steal that and make money off of that. So, <laughs> oh, I better copyright that shit. Then <laughs> <laughs> you better, you better get on it. You better get on it, man. Um, but no, that's that's awesome. That's an awesome outlook. I, I love, I love looking at it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've said it on Facebook. I have said it on my videos. You know, literally exactly what I just said. You know, your your past doesn't define you. Blah 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 blah. Um, but I like the way you said it better. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is your story but it's not the end of it so i again jose for episode two and i know i said this at the end of episode one um thank you for being on your story deserves to be told and every person that can hear it deserves to hear it um you're an inspiration fuck your stepfather uh, <laughs> you know just to make sure we're we're keeping it fair here Agreed. <laughs> but again bud thank you so so much so for everybody out there um We'll make sure you. I'll put how to get a hold of Jose in the show notes. Um, reach out, give him some encouragement. Let him know that you know he's a fucking rock star, and he is. Or if you need some, or if you need some encouragement, yeah, exactly, exactly. He, he's here to help. I mean, that's why he's on here telling a story. Uh, and if you have a private jet, offer to fly him around. he will get his, <laughs> he'll get his glittery robe ready, and you know he's going to strut like Ric Flair down the aisle to WrestleMania. So. Uh, Thank you guys again It was fun And we will see you With part three Of Jose's story Which Let's be serious Who the fuck knows Where it's going to go At this point But we will see you guys In part three Thanks for joining us This week on Slaying the Sale If you're interested In knowing more about Kyle Make sure you head over To his website TheSlayMakerMethod.com And pick up a copy Of his best-selling books Then head to Facebook To join his private group Slaymaker Sales Mastery To become the number one Salesperson in your company And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sail.